And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Um, look, I'm just going to be straight with you all today. I I don't have a lot of energy. And, and I've had a rough couple of days. And some of this is tied to what broke yesterday. That's certainly some of it. Uh, some of it's very personal. Uh, some of you who follow me online maybe or maybe not have seen some of that stuff. So I'm just going to be perfectly honest with all of you. I'm just, I, I'm running on fumes and I'm running low on patience. So I'm just letting you know, giving you a warning right out of the gate uh, because this is, you are seeing the worst on display right now. The absolute worst and the lack of shame that is being displayed by so many people right now is inexcusable. And I know that you just came from Bongino where you played the clip from Beto O'Rourke and his stupid little stunt after he, you know, announced that he's running for governor and he's trying to get up there in Abbott's face. And it's just, it, it, again, I, I don't know if somebody gave him that advice to do that. I don't know if he decided to do that on his own. I don't know what it was, but it was a disaster. And even the mayor of, of the mayor of Uvalde called him a disgrace, called him a sick son of a bee. Um, this is... This is exactly what people like me have been warning you about for a very long time. It used to be that I could crack the microphone, be the nice, polite guy. We would go through the issues. We would do all of that. Here's what happens as you start waning through that. As I've been in this business for 17 years, and there are others who have been in this business for a lot longer than me. Here's what you learn. You learn being nice doesn't get you any success. I'm not talking about my career. I'm talking about on issues. Being nice doesn't mean anything. The nicest politicians in the world are attacked by the rabid left just as visceral as they attack Donald Trump. That's the truth. For those of you who are younger and don't remember the George W. Bush years, I assure you they gave George W. Bush as much as they gave Trump. Maybe it was amplified a little bit because of social media. Maybe it was amplified a little bit because he actually fought back. But George Bush never fought back and never stopped them accusing him of being a Nazi, never stopped them accusing him of being a racist or, or a war criminal. None of that ever stopped. And it was incessant. It was as tiresome of a news cycle during the Bush presidency as it was during Trump's. So you've got Trump who fights back. You've got Bush who doesn't. Doesn't matter. Rabid leftists are going to be rabid leftists. That's just who they are. The other thing that rabid leftists love to do is they love the ad hominem attacks. They love falsely accusing people of racism. They love their double standards. They love that. They thrive on that. That is their existence. That is their entire world. The entire nexus of leftism is perpetually and hypocritically accusing other people of the bigotry that they themselves are responsible for. The other thing they really love to do is they love to stand on the graves of the dead. See, they don't actually care about victims. They don't care about victims of anything. They don't care about victims in Ukraine. They don't care about victims in a womb. They don't care about the victims in Texas yesterday. 
They want to use it as an opportunity to advance their political agenda. A normal, decent human being looks at what happened yesterday and says, I'm going to hold off on, on policy issues that I might think could be at play here, and I'm going to give the families of those time to breathe. Even though none of you probably knew the people who were involved in any of this, there's still a shock in society when something like this happens. Because in the West, unlike other places of the world, we actually love our children. And when our children are victims, we tend to take it very personally. So there's always this big moment after something like that happens where reasonable people try to take a step back, try to think about the family, try to think about those who are still clinging to life and fighting in a hospital, and they offer prayers. That's what normal people do. Insane people interrupt a press conference, not just with the governor, who happens to be his political opponent, but with families of the victims standing behind him and screams at the governor at an event where they are talking about the victims. That's what a crazy person does. That is somebody who should be in a moral society ostracized by everybody. Have you seen the headlines on the Beto O'Rourke incident? Fox has got it right. A couple of other places have it right. Not CNN. Not others. No. Not at all. Oh, he's, he confronted Abbott about mass shootings. No, he didn't. He didn't confront Abbott. That's not what he did. That political theater there. Beto O'Rourke looked at all of the family of the victims that were standing behind Governor Abbott, and he just took a step right on the graves of their children. That's what he did. Some of us, we're wondering if Biden was actually going to have a positive moment. We didn't assume that he would. But when he opened his speech, and I will not play it for you today. I'm not going to subject you to what Biden did yesterday. But when he started that speech, many of us were surprised. We kind of looked around and said, holy smokes, he might actually get this one right. But he didn't. He not only didn't get it right, he devolved into the dementia-riddled, crazy diatribe that he is known for. And he starts faking being angry, yelling at people who had nothing to do with any of this, throwing around false accusations against groups and people who had nothing to do with this, and he made it political. I've told you this before, you know, the NRA has a standing position, even though none of their members have ever been involved in one of these shootings, but they're always blamed for them, which is what Beto O'Rourke did today. The NRA has a standing policy to not comment on these things right away. 
their policy is to provide a cooling off period. Now, again, an honorable person, a person of character, wouldn't attack the NRA until the NRA is going to respond. Is that what leftists are interested in? No. See, they're interested in attacking the NRA while the NRA is not responding. Why? Because they know they've got a few days there where they can get in as many punches as they possibly could without a response. Why? Here's what the the data shows on mass shootings, particularly when it involves schools. Immediately after a mass shooting, there's massive, massive support for we have to do something. In that period of anguish, despair, and mourning, people's minds are at its weakest. They're They're most easily manipulated after tragedy. So they immediately push as much gun control as they possibly can. They immediately demonize anybody they don't like politically as much as possible. Why? Because the collective populist is in a place that is dark. And they are more susceptible to buying into that. They're more susceptible to taking a torch and a pitchfork and marching on the house on Capitol Hill. They're more interested in doing that. About five days later, all of that goes away. People return to normal. People calm down. People start thinking clearly again. And people realize the stuff that they had heard for those first three days was absolute crap and nonsense. But we repeat this pattern over and over and over and over Again, I promise you I'm not going to do the entire show on this. I promise not. But there are some things that you need to hear. And we'll go over those next on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Casey Hendrickson. News, weather, and traffic during Michiana's morning news on 95.3 MNC. Your breaking news and weather station. I posted... Something today from Dennis Prager. I also posted on Facebook. I posted something from from Kayla over on Wowo. Um, I've been thinking about a couple of things anyway, just in my my daily life, and jotting some notes down. And I started thinking about this and how it related to some of the stuff that I was pondering in my own head. Um, and Kayla said some things that really piggybacked on some of the stuff that I had already jotted down which may or may not come out publicly at at some point. I don't know. I'm not ready to do it yet. So if you're on my Facebook page, I shared it. Uh, So if you go to Facebook, I know that I don't use Facebook all that much anymore, but if you go to facebook.com slash Casey, the host, you can, you can listen to what Kayla said about this this morning. It's only four minutes. And, and I think that she did a stellar job of framing what the real problem is, not what the fake problem is. But Dennis Prager also wrote a really good article. Biden's Buffalo speech was the speech of an indecent man. And I know that this isn't this isn't about Texas. It's about Buffalo. But I still want you to read it. It published yesterday. Unfortunately, just coincidentally, it published before what happened in Texas. But you should still read this because it goes over 
the stuff that Biden said in his speech in Buffalo, where he inaccurately and falsely misstated basic facts. And it ties into exactly what happened in his speech in Texas, where he misstated basic facts. Which I'm not, again, I'm not playing it for you. I know that uh, everybody today is playing you the the outrageous portions where he turned into crazy old man Biden again. I'm not going to subject you to that because, frankly, it's inappropriate. It was inappropriate for him to say it. I think it would be inappropriate for me to play it for you today. What I can do is give you a little bit more information about what we have. Yesterday, I gave you the name of the shooter twice, told you I wasn't going to do it again. Now, as I read, maybe I'll accidentally mention his last name. I'll do my best not to. You already know he's 18 years old. We got 19 kids dead, two adults dead now. We got a shooter dead as well. I'm still waiting for AOC while she's running out there with her anti-gun rhetoric. I'm still waiting for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to acknowledge that the people that she hates so much, the Border Patrol, are the ones that took the shooter down. Because it was a Border Patrol officer who took the shooter down. We found out this school police also engaged in fire with the shooter who had cover. So while AOC's running around attacking guns and the gun lobby and all of these other things that have absolutely nothing with what actually happened there, I wish you would just take a breath and acknowledge that the people that she thinks are the worst human beings in the entire country, the Border Patrol, are the ones that saved those children. The Border Patrol also arrived and provided medical aid to all the victims who were there too. That gets left out of all of this. The Border Patrol's job isn't to do that, but they still responded. We know that Governor Abbott identified the shooter. We talked about that yesterday. A manager at a local Wendy's confirmed that the shooter had worked at the establishment but kept to himself mostly. Quote, he felt like the quiet type, the one who doesn't say much. He didn't really socialize with other employees. He just got to work. He got paid, came in and he got his check, went home. That was it. That's all he did. However, according to the Daily Beast, co-workers have a bit of a different story. Apparently, he was very threatening. He was particularly rude towards the girls and one of the cooks. At one point in time, he threatened the cooks by saying, do you know who I am? They also said, they, they claimed, I don't have any evidence of this. They, they claimed that he sent inappropriate text messages to the ladies. Now, I told you yesterday this guy was giving off incel vibes. One of the female workers also said that at the park, there would be videos of him trying to fight people with boxing gloves because he would carry these boxing gloves around with him. So you're starting to get a picture now? I haven't seen an awful lot of this stuff in your corporate media. I don't know why. Yes, I do. But we're starting to get information about who this guy actually was. He was mentally ill. Massive red flags. Massive warnings. Nothing was done. Somebody also told the Washington Post that they had been friends until his behavior started to deteriorate, adding that he would often be bullied because of a stutter and a lisp. 
This goes back to a societal issue that I've told you many times before. We do not teach young people how to handle bullying. Nor do many adults, frankly, interrupt and curb the bullying. At one point, somebody called called the, uh, the shooter, said that the shooter cut his own face with a knife just for fun. He said he would cut up his face with knives over and over. Another person who knew him said that he allegedly would shoot at strangers with a BB gun from a car. Now, again, rumor mills fly fast and furious after stuff like this. So I don't know how accurate any of this is, but I am passing this on. These are people who knew the shooter and some of their stories about them. We told you about the the gun Instagram message that happened yesterday. I don't need to go into details about that. The woman that he sent those messages to still claims that she has no idea who he is or how he would even know her. She doesn't know him. This isn't somebody who went to school with him and he had he had fancied her from afar or anything like that. She has no idea who this guy is. We also told you that he posted photos of the two rifles that he had bought on his 18th birthday. A former classmate told the Washington Post that he posted videos on Instagram showing him screaming at his mother and cursing at her as she tried to kick him out of the house. Keep in mind, he would later shoot his own grandmother in the face. Quote, he posted videos on Instagram where where the cops were there. He'd be screaming and talking to his mom really aggressively. So once again, known to law enforcement. Another classmate says that he texted him photos of ammo and firearms. He would message me here and there, and four days ago, he sent me a picture of the AR that he was using, and then he had a backpack full of uh, five, five, six rounds, probably like seven mags. This is somebody who has a long and disturbing pattern of behavior. Getting thrown out of his house by his mom, law enforcement getting called, eventually killed his own grandmother before he walked into the school and did what he did. Now, Dana Lash, I think, had one of the best responses to Joe Biden's speech. She said the gun lobby didn't head his household. The gun lobby didn't neglect to monitor his behavior. The gun lobby didn't neglect to secure the school. The gun lobby didn't leave any doors unlocked. And the gun lobby didn't tell him to murder anyone. And Lauren Boebert is going directly after AOC. Miss defund the police. Gun-free zones have proven to be a to be deadly. Let me know when you're ready to do your job and effectively protect our schools with armed security. She then says, let's meet and solve this. And I would like to remind everybody, Democrats are the ones who want cops out of school. What would have happened if those resource officers didn't engage the gunman yesterday? How many more kids would be dead today if those officers, if AOC and others like her had their way and they were out of that school? How many more dead kids would we have? But that's exactly what the leftists want. They want more dead kids so they can advance their narrative. Got more coming up. True professionals, over 25 years experience in this market painting houses. And they can do inside, outside, your cabinets, special projects as well. You go to fivestarpainting.com, learn more about these services that they provide. Here's what makes them different. 
when the sales rep comes out to your house to do the quotation, they're going to be dressed professionally. They're not going to have paint all over them or anything like that. It's a true professional one-on-one experience. They also have paint consultations, these color consultations, if you will, where if you have a disagreement on a color, maybe your spouse wants a different color than you or you don't think the color is going to work and, and what have you, or you just don't know what color to paint anything, they can come out there and help you with this. So that way you're going to get the best possible end result and make sure that your investment is protected. The other thing that they do differently is that they have a dedicated project manager for your job, which means from the start to finish, there's going to be somebody there making sure the job is being done right and is being done on time. Go to fivestarpainting.com, mention me when you set up your free consultation, and you will get free paint when you do your project. Fivestarpainting.com, mention me and get free paint with your project. From the final phase electric studios, from the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. In the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this, the Washington Post, the Washington, I, I can't believe that they actually did this two days ago. 9.42 p.m. May 23rd. On May 25th, 2020, George Floyd was shot and killed in police custody. No, he was not. But they posted that. The Washington Post did. And here's the thing. Some people, eh, maybe it's just the, whoever's running Twitter. You know, maybe they just don't know much. Yeah, except they published it in the newspaper. Well, on their website. And it was, this is the thing that I want to I focus on here for just a second, okay? I don't know how many of you know who Fleckus is. Fleckus Talks is a great YouTube channel. He's got channels on Rumble and stuff like that, too. They had this amazing man-on-the-street sort of thing that they did this week. I'm actually going to add it to the commercial videos that play sometimes during my live stream. Young people know nothing. And they go around, and they've got people who are in their graduation gowns and everything else, and they're asking them really basic questions. When was the United States founded? What country is Mount Rushmore in? Things like that. And they can't answer those basic questions. Now, when you run around and you still have Gretchen Whitmer in the middle of COVID doing hands up, don't shoot, which again is something that never occurred, but sparked the BLM movement, riots, violence, and death. This is a reader submission to the Washington Post. So a reader submitted something to the Washington Post, and the Washington Post published it. And then the Washington Post promoted it by linking to it and making a tweet about it. I'm assuming the reader who submitted this is not the one who made the tweet, because I don't think the reader has access to post tweets on Washington Post's official Twitter account. But I could be wrong. Who knows? It's a mess over there. 
On May 25th, 2020, George Floyd was shot and killed in police custody. No, he was not. So the Washington Post, not once but twice, allowed this falsehood to get spread. And here's the thing. Tons of retweets. Tons of them. I'm sure some of those retweets were people going, wow, Washington Post is really stupid. Look what they did. But I'll bet a lot of them actually think that George Floyd was shot in custody. I bet they do. So, Mr. Democracy Dies in Darkness, Washington Post. These are the types of things that foment violence on law enforcement as well. And we have had a massive increase in ambush attacks and violence against police officers over the past couple of years. And right now, 2022 is looking like being one of the worst years in recent memory. If the trends hold, we haven't even gotten to the hot months yet. And that's where it all ramps up. So do you think maybe the news media running around and telling lies like hands up, don't shoot, causes violence? What else does the news media promote that might cause school shootings? There's lots of answers to that. And as I told you yesterday, and I was pleased that Bongino kind of covered today, focus on the basics. I have been appalled the entire time that I've been in this community how easy it is to get into schools. Now, I come from a place where school violence is normal. Okay? This is people getting stabbed, shot, thrown through windows, things like that. That's normal where I'm from. It doesn't make the news unless it's an extra saucy sort of an event. One thing that we have, though, we got metal detectors going into school. We got police officers who are armed at school. We've got all sorts of things that are in place that you can't just walk onto campus where I'm from. Here, there are some schools that have started to do that. But I am still shocked at how many campuses that I'm invited to that I can just walk in and freely walk around the school. You just walk up to the front door and you open it up and you just walk in. If you're lucky, somebody in the office will see that you walked by and go, sir, sir. And because I'm not a bad guy, I will go into the office and I will get my badge and sign in and do my thing. But it is amazing how many schools here don't do this. Shocking. What would have happened if that school were locked? What would have happened? I told you yesterday we weren't sure. It was a field day or something was going on. We didn't know. Now we just know that the school was not locked. He just walked in. Unacceptable. Basic fundamental security. Not being done in a place where you don't have a lot of protection. You have a few people there, and God bless them for being there. But that is a large campus for those people to cover. And yet, here in South Bend, viral story just Last year, now she's gone now, but the former head of the empowerment district kicking police officers out of school, don't want you around, makes us uncomfortable while having anti-police propaganda on the halls of the school while the officer is there. That's what gets kids killed. That right there. Not protecting them. Not some political position. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Casey Hendricks on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station.
And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. You know, we'll have some disinformation board news today because uh, Jankowitz is back in the news, kind of admitted what she was going to do with the disinformation board. And this is the thing. Like, you have the Washington Post pu- publishes this complete lie about George Floyd. And no no backlash, you know, none of that stuff really happening from, from big tech, if you will. No censorship by big tech or any of that stuff. And this is the thing that you have to be so worried about. If we're going to have an event like what happened in Texas and people are going to start saying the things that they're going to say about guns, uh, about crime stats, I heard Brett Baer say something that wasn't accurate about school shootings yesterday. Uh, you, when you have that, you're not allowed to now refute what they're saying. When they run around and they tell you things like, oh, uh, mass shooters are all right-wing extremists, you're not allowed to point out that since the Clinton era, only 9% of them have been. You're not allowed to do that because they'll just censor you. When they tell you that it's white men, and I know that in Texas it wasn't, but when they tell you that, you're not allowed to prevent present them with the evidence, which comes from criminologists, which show that that's actually not true. They'll just shut you down. And I've said before, there's a few people in public light that are so liked by pretty much everybody that I don't want them to get involved in in politics, whether I agree with them or not. One of those people is Mike Rowe. And what I was just telling you about censorship and Mike Rowe, they are tied together. I know it seems like, Casey, you're kind of bouncing all over the place. No. Mike Rowe has made a claim. He says that the General Services Administration recently revoked his permit to shoot a new episode of Dirty Jobs. Okay. Why? Why would the GSA revoke... Mike Rowe's work permit to film an episode of Dirty Jobs because he's making new episodes of Dirty Jobs in case you didn't know. In a lengthy message posted on Monday on Facebook, and let's be honest, Mike Rowe, I love him to death, but all of his messages are lengthy. <laughs> he loves to write. He explained why he didn't appear on the at the job site this week as scheduled to shoot an episode highlighting a woman-owned company in the Boilermaker trade. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the Boilermaker trade, There's not a lot of women in it. So here's Mike Rowe trying to highlight a woman in a Boilermaker trade, which is dominated by men. Should be something made for TV, made for woke, made for everything that society pushes, right? Rowe said that to his both surprise and disappointment, the shoot was canceled at the very last minute when the GSA suddenly revoked our permit. I just wanted to assure you guys that this decision had nothing to do with me. Didn't have anything to do with Discovery or my production team. This decision was made solely by the GSA, who oversees the location where you are currently working. It required us to apply for a permit months ago. Obviously, we did. The necessary permits were quickly issued, and we were assured several times over the last few months that everything was still good to go. Then, just two days before I was scheduled to arrive, we received a phone call from a woman at the GSA who informed us that our permit was being revoked. When we asked for an explanation, she said security concerns. 
It's Mike Rowe, and he's filming dirty jobs. What security concerns at a Boilermaker facility again? When we asked her what kind of security concerns, she said she didn't know. She only told us the decision had come down from the very highest levels within the GSA. Now, keep in mind, the GSA is the General Services Administration. This is the government. The TV host did not specify the location of the scheduled shoot, but posted pictures of what appeared to be M&M welding and fabricators, the company his show had planned to feature in the episode. Rowe went on to reference other places where the show is filmed in many sensitive environments under government control, citing previous permits obtained by the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, and, and NASA, adding, we even got a permit to film inside the National Security Agency. Uh, I've seen those episodes. Highly sensitive equipment that he was working with. Some of the stuff they actually had to cut out of the episode because it was classified. So he asked, what's really going on here? He said that his crew later received a call from somebody that he said sounded credible, who claimed that the permit was revoked because of Rose viewpoints. Hmm. I don't know how micro votes. I do know that he's not crazy. Maybe that's enough nowadays. According to this caller, he said, somebody at the highest levels of the GSA doesn't like Mike Rowe's personal politics and use their power to deliberately string us along until the last possible second for the express purpose of yanking my chain. Rowe then added that his personal politics are not a matter of public record and Dirty Jobs has no political agenda whatsoever. However, I do happen to have a hit show on Fox Business. It's called How America Works. And not everybody is happy about it. That is true. But I don't know how Mike Rowe votes. I don't know if any of you know how Mike Rowe votes. I've heard Mike Rowe say all sorts of things that are borderline. But see, Mike Rowe believes in something that a lot of people in a certain political persuasion nowadays doesn't believe in. And that is hard work. He's openly advocated for not going to college if you have other options that would be better suited for you and your skill set. Yeah, there's one political persuasion really doesn't like that. That's their cash cow. That's their indoctrination program. And if you got somebody out there telling them that they probably don't need to go do that, well, you're messing with the system at that point in time. So while I don't know how Mike Rowe votes, I like Mike Rowe. I think most of you like Mike Rowe. We've had Mike Rowe on this show. He's a great human being. Frankly, we need more of him. Just imagine if this information is true. And what reason do we have to doubt it at this point in time? Not the first time somebody in big government has wielded their power because they're making up for something else they're lacking in. This wouldn't be the first time that that has been done at all. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody out there thinks they know what Mike Rowe believes and they just don't want Mike Rowe anywhere near any of this stuff. And so they they did. They stringed him along and they pulled the rug right out from underneath him two days before the shoot. And all he was trying to do was highlight a woman-owned business in a field completely dominated by men. Hmm. Security concerns. Mike Rowe. Security concerns. 
Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Truth Social at Casey, the host. More coming up. WTRC FM. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Live stream up and running on Rumble. Rumble.com slash Casey, the host. New website will launch this week, probably on Friday. Um, Massive, massive progress on it today. So for those of you who are already subscribed to the newsletter, you will get all the information about that. If you are not subscribed to the newsletter, you need to go to theburningtruth.us, subscribe to the newsletter. It is free. It's not going to cost you anything but your soul. So all you have to do is go to theburningtruth.us, click on that newsletter, hit subscribe. You'll get all of the updated information when it happens. There is a report that the FBI, no big surprise here, the FBI spied on millions of Americans without a warrant. Hmm. We've been down this road before, haven't we? 3.3 million Americans have been spied on by the FBI without a warrant. Of course, federal officers will always tell you, ah, nobody does anything like that. What are you talking about? Top House Republicans are demanding answers from the FBI after court-ordered information came to light showing that the federal agency had collected the information of over 3 million Americans without a warrant. Now, I would like to remind everybody that scumbag Comey was routinely violating your civil rights. Comey had a massive network of warrantless surveillance on American citizens. The FISA court caught it. Now, Comey had already been fired and he was gone as director of the FBI, but the FISA court had hearings about it. And then they had a ruling about how illegal this was and how egregious it was. And at the time, the interim director, Christopher Wray, pinky swore to the FISA court that they were going to end that program. That was the previous administration. That wasn't him. They weren't going to do it anymore. And then what happened? Christopher Ray got caught doing it. And then he got caught doing it again. All of this by the FISA court. We've talked about this for several years now. That's them once again lying to the FISA court. Breaking the law, violating your constitutional and civil rights, and continuing to do it in violation of court orders. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody. In a May 25th letter to the FBI director, Christopher Wray, Representative Jim Jordan, who will be in town this weekend, and Mike Turner, Republican of Ohio, asked Wray to explain why his agency had wiretapped and gathered personal information on over 3.3 million Americans without a warrant. Now, my assumption is it's a lot higher than that. The FISA court's assumption when they were admonishing the FBI for illegally surveilling Americans was that they felt it was a lot higher than what they had been made aware of. Limited authority to gather foreign intelligence information is granted by the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. That is FISA, which of course has the court that oversees it. Specifically, Section 702 of the bill says that the Attorney General and the Director of the National Intelligence may jointly authorize the targeting 
of non-U.S. persons who are reasonably believed to be outside the United States to acquire foreign intelligence information. However, this power can grant an expanding circle of possible searches to the FBI and other intelligence agencies, who can then use the same power against American citizens who had any interaction with targeted foreigners. Remember the targeting scandal? This is the one where Obama's administrative officials were just out there releasing all sorts of information about Republicans that have been wiretapped and surveilled, the unmasking situation that happened. Remember, it was the U.N. ambassador who was the one who was doing all this unmasking and, like, no U.N. ambassador had ever unmasked anybody before. Not a function of their job, but they were doing it to try and hide it. And for those of you who don't remember what unmasking is, like, if you're going to catch, if you're going to catch, like, if you're going to surveil a foreign operative, okay, let's say an ambassador. You're going to surveil the Russian ambassador. The Russian ambassador is having a conversation with an American. You are allowed to surveil the Russian ambassador's communications. You're not allowed to surveil the Americans. But if you're surveilling the Russian and the American and the Russian are talking, by default, that conversation is being recorded. So what has to happen is the American's identity needs to be sealed and hidden unless they end up as a part of an active investigation. That didn't happen under Obama. They were releasing all sorts of Republicans who were doing normal jobs. They were fulfilling their duties, but they were having communications with foreign ambassadors, foreign representatives, that sort of thing. And Obama's team was basically, they were surveilling everybody in Trump's team illegally. And then they were telling everybody about it illegally. And of course, no crimes are committed, but that didn't matter. Historically, insight into how FISA has been used against American citizens has been limited and hidden behind a classified report. However, November 2020 decision by the FISA court, which serves as watchdog for the U.S. intelligence agencies, required that the Office of the Director of National Intelligence uh, uh, report the, the number of U.S. persons query, U.S. person queries run by the FBI against Section 702 acquired information. So in accordance with that requirement, the Director of National Intelligence released an annual statistical transparency report, which included data on how often the FBI gathered info on American citizens using Section 702. Now, that was just in 2021. In total, queries against U.S. citizens came out to 3,394,053 searches. Now, that is in 2021. You know what happened in 2020? Only 1.3 million such queries were made, which is still way too much. So all of a sudden, from 2020 to 2021, there's a massive leap. Hmm. So Biden gets into office, and all of a sudden, the FBI triples the amount of warrantless surveillance on American citizens that happen. Now, keep in mind, this report is coming out at the same time that the World Economic Forum is happening in Davos. And they are consistently, every single day, there is a new proposal for some mass surveillance of the global population under the guise of safety. Hmm. According to the Director of National Intelligence, more than half of those queries, approximately 1.9 million, were part of a larger investigation of alleged Russian attempts to target or weaken U.S. critical infrastructure, which is now the catch-all for everything. Friendly reminder... Russia didn't hack the DNC server. They lied about that, which I told you they lied about it. The day that that story broke, 
because you could clearly see that they weren't Russian hackers who were responsible for going into that server. It was crystal clear to anybody with an IT background that that was nonsense. Let's see. Uh, this is not the first time that the FBI has been caught red-handed overstepping its legal authority under Section 702 in November of 2020. The uh, FISC announced that the government reported numerous incidents in which the FBI reviewed information gathered under Section 702 without obtaining proper permission from the court. Um, I'm Look, I'm just going to repeat what I have told you before. The FBI is the FSB. If you know what the FSB is, that's Russians, Russia's secret police. That's what the KGB morphed into. It's their version of the FBI. Okay. The FBI in this country operates in almost the exact same way as Russian intelligence does. It is unacceptable. It is un-American. The FBI has done this stuff in the past, but has gotten away from it for the most part. But they are right back in it. This is not an organization that deserves to continue to exist. The problem is if you disband the FBI, all that's going to happen is you're going to spend a lot of money, create a new bureaucracy, and then rehire everybody from the FBI. You got the same thing. So I don't know that disbanding the FBI is even an option. Nor do I think it's probably the best solution at all. But I don't know what else to do. We're in a situation here where this organization is so corrupt at the top, it can't be trusted. It's literally engaging in trying to fix elections and overturn the results of elections. And they've been caught red-handed doing it several times. How much more information do we need from the FBI that they routinely violate your, your constitutional rights? They get no punishment for doing it. They've fabricated evidence against political opponents. They've orchestrated entire campaigns to, to thwart people being elected and to boost other people being elected. That's just in addition to all of the horrible stuff that they have done in the field over the past several years. And I'm not counting the big things that have happened in recent memory, but I'm just talking about just some of the horrible stuff that the FBI has done in the field where they kill people who are unarmed and then they cover it up and that sort of stuff. And then nobody gets punished that type of stuff. This is an organization that nobody trusts anymore. And with good reason. And the FBI has nobody to blame but themselves. So I don't know how you I don't know how you do this. Um, I'm pleased to tell you that there are more agents that seem to be leaking information to, to the press from inside the FBI. That's at least a good thing. We don't want them to leak classified information, obviously, but we do need them to release information to the news media about what's actually happening with corruption in the agency. The problem is that the the entire leadership structure of that organization is a Washington, D.C. swamp cesspit. That's all it is. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Listener brought me a bang energy drink. Um, I am I'm very grateful. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate it. But uh, I, I will do my best not to read into the delish strawberry kiss flavor. I will, not that I'm not flattered, I am, uh, but I will consume this probably tomorrow. I, I've already had enough coffee today. I'm on my second, and I'm using like the super caffeinated coffee. Um, for those of you who are just tuning in, it, this is this is a listener taking care of me because I, yeah, I had a bit of a, I've had a rough week, and 
it, it's not all tied to the story yesterday, but there's additional things that have happened yesterday and today, um, along with just some minor stuff earlier in the week, and it's taken a toll on me. I didn't really realize how bad it was until uh, probably about 11 o'clock today. And then I used a lot of energy to make sure I was very pleasant at a lunch meeting today with uh, with a really awesome dude who's in town and visiting, and we've been trying to link up together and. Um, I think I just used all of my my positive vibes energy on making sure that I was at least a decent lunch guest. Um, and I got back here and it just it just kind of fell out. So I appreciate you guys taking care of me and looking out for me. You know how much I, I need my energy drinks and my coffee. So thank you so much for that. All right. Uh, man, so much. So much. I'm doing my best, folks. I know that you have been hit with a lot of rough stuff today. I know it. I do. I want to hit you with something positive, Okay. And this is going to be a local, well, state story. But I, I want to hit you with this, this positive thing because we were going to talk about this yesterday. It didn't get an opportunity to because of the breaking news events. And I wanted you to at least have something good to hold on to, if nothing else, today. Um, we are going to, in the 5 o'clock hour, we are going to tell you about an amazing local organization for veterans. A friend of mine, Kenny's coming in from Freedom System. We've got this this dinner coming up here, and we're trying to sell tickets to that thing to raise money for local veterans, and we desperately need your help. So Kenny's going to come in and tell you all about his organization and what this this event is about that I'm going to be at. And we're, we're hoping that you'll buy tickets and, and help some veterans out. That's coming up at 5 o'clock. But in the meantime, something broke yesterday in the middle of the chaos with the breaking news in Texas. Indiana. According to NotTheBee.com, Indiana is one of the many red states that have governors who are unwilling to actually stand up for conservative principles and unflinchingly state the reality that boys are boys and girls are girls. With the opportunity to do just that a few weeks ago, Indiana's governor, Eric the Chinless, vetoed a bill that kept men out of sports, out of women's sports. Okay, We talked about this. Um, Eric Holcomb's reasoning for that was illogical. He tried to pretend that there wasn't an issue with this at all. Meanwhile, the author of the bill, the author of the bill is dealing with this very issue with their kids. Fortunately, Republicans in Indiana were willing to balk at the state's GOP head and went on to override Holcomb's wishy-washy, cowardly veto. Uh, now, not the B, I realize you're not in Indiana and you don't know this. Holcomb doesn't run the GOP here. Holcomb is a puppet of the GOP stations, but he is not actually in charge. I realize that in most places, the governor, the executive is the guy who basically runs the party. Holcomb doesn't. Holcomb's just a stooge. Okay. That's all he is. He's just there to be a stooge. He's an egomaniac. Uh, And other than that, he's not much good to the state of Indiana. You know, the best you can say about Holcomb is at least he's not a leftist. And that doesn't say much because a lot of his policies through COVID were leftist policies. Holcomb tried to compromise Indiana girls, but the legislature was not about to have it. So here's the the thing. Indiana legislator voted Tuesday to override the governor's veto of the anti-trans bill that bans transgender girls from participating in girls' sports in K-12 schools. Governor Holcomb vetoed the bill back in March. We talked about that, of course. He said the bill fell short in clarifying or creating policy to ensure fairness in school sports. Basically, he just spoke out of his backside, which is what Holcomb is really good at. If he has one trait, he has the ability to speak out of his backside. In his veto letter, he said he echoed the Indiana High School Athletic Association's concerns that the bill does not address inconsistencies about enforcement across different counties 
and school districts and will cause confusion and litigation against schools. No, it didn't. We read you the bill. And I'm sorry, the Indiana High School Athletic Association, of whom I am generally a pretty big fan, was way off base. The bill was clear. The bill was concise. It was not an issue. He also pointed to pending litigation seen in other states that have passed similar laws where courts have enjoyed or or prohibited the laws from taking effect. Um, now, he, he then said in his letter in March, he, he basically said any bill brought forward should address the issues raised in these lawsuits. No. If you are so scared of a fight, if you have no principles, because that is where Holcomb is. Holcomb has basically, I, was it two, three principles. Holcomb has three principles. Okay, principle one, he believes in higher taxes to pay for infrastructure that he says is already the envy of the Midwest. Okay, that's what he believes in. He campaigned on that. It was the first thing that he did, and then he completely contradicted himself in his first address to the state. That's who, what Holcomb believes. That's how he started his governorship. Principle number two. You should wear a stupid face diaper. No scientific evidence it works. All the scientific evidence is the contrary, but that's what he believes. Remember when he tried to take credit for beating COVID before the uh, the Delta surge because of his face diaper thing? Didn't see him come out and go, wow, I was wrong about face diapers. Didn't see him do that. But he loved running around telling everybody that he beat COVID. He loved doing that. Uh, principle three, he believes that federal money coming to the state of Indiana is more important than any potential health effects from vaccinating your five-year-old. He said that too. He said that he would relinquish his emergency powers if there was a big push to vaccinate young children in the state of Indiana because he wanted the federal money. Those are his principles. His principles are money over values, money over people, money over his constituency, and money over children. That's Holcomb's value set. This is what happens when you don't have a chin able to hold any common sense up in the top of your head. Luckily, luckily, the legislature overturned this. He doesn't want to fight with anybody. He's a coward. He runs from these fights. Any type of bill that gets passed by Republicans is going to face lawsuits. Doesn't matter what it is or where it is. You've got to be willing to stand up for what's right. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, MNC News Time, 431. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. This. All right. Phase. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car exports. Experts, excuse me, not exports. Um, all right, here's, here's the thing. When did I do this? So about two weeks ago, okay, two weeks ago, I had Tudor Dixon in. This was May 6th, so it was more than two weeks ago. May 6th, I had Tudor Dixon on the show. Tudor Dixon is running for governor in the state of Michigan. And she's uh, a former, you know, conservative commentator. And I really, I enjoyed my conversation with her. I enjoyed my conversation with her staff in and around that interview. I've enjoyed uh, some of the things that she has said just on the campaign trail. I like her. Now, does that mean that she's the only candidate worth potentially voting for in the 
the Michigan gubernatorial primary? No. However, something fishy is happening in Michigan, and it's not just Gretchen Whitmer. Something fishy is happening in Michigan. Top Republican Michigan governor candidates have now been ruled ineligible for the ballot because of a lack of valid signatures. Really? Interesting stuff. The Detroit News. Former Detroit Police Chief James Craig and businessman Perry Johnson, two of the top candidates for the Republican nomination for governor, did not submit enough valid petition signatures to make the ballot, according to findings by the Michigan Bureau of Elections. Now, let's just stop there before I tell you the shenanigans that are actually happening to our neighbors next door. Not only would that already be a little weird, first of all, it's the Michigan Bureau of Elections. Let's be honest. The Bureau of Elections has got a bit of a shady history. You got Whitmer in control. You got the weird Gestapo-type acolytes that are in her government around her. But the former police chief didn't get it, get enough signatures. This is a guy that everybody thought was going to walk away with the nomination, right? Which, for the record, concerned a lot of conservatives. So how is it that the former police chief, James Craig, did not get enough signatures. Then, of course, you got Perry Johnson. who could probably buy the signatures, right? Dude's super wealthy. They're the two front runners, at least according to the polls. Is it possible that the polls are wrong and that they're just not that popular in the state of Michigan? Maybe, but there's something else going on. See, the Bureau's revelations on Monday evening shook up the 2022 race to be Michigan's governor, potentially leaving Republicans without their most well-known candidate, Craig, and without their wealthiest hopeful, Johnson. And for the record, Craig seems like a nice dude. I like a lot of what he says. Not exactly a conservative candidate. Now, maybe that's good for electability in Michigan, but maybe not good for outcomes. All right. If the Bureau's review holds five of the 10 candidates who submitted signatures to run for governor wouldn't make the ballot. Three other GOP candidates for governor were also found to have insufficient signatures. Financial advisor Michael Markey of Grand Haven, Michigan State Police Captain Michael Brown of Stevensville, and entrepreneur Donna Brandenburg of Byron Center. Mm Hmm. Okay. Is it really possible, though, that maybe the field's just too flooded? All right, Michigan's a big state, but maybe the field is just too flooded and they couldn't get enough signatures. Maybe, Maybe they just have crap campaigns. I don't know. Or could it be that one specific company that was hired by the campaigns engaged in signature fraud. Now, that's weird in and of itself. Certainly signature fraud happens. We have a long history of it here in St. Joseph County, Indiana. The Bureau of Elections tied the fraudulent signatures to 36 circulators in one company. One company. Hmm. The Bureau does not think that the candidates had any idea what happened or had involvement in the scheme. The report only mentioned the head of the firm as the person responsible. It linked to articles about Michigan man Sean Wilmoth and his company, First Choice Contracting, LLC. Wilmoth had some legal troubles in Florida and Virginia concerning fraudulent signatures. Okay. Uh, Lesson one. Campaigns, vet everybody you use. Should be an easy sort of a thing to 
to figure out. But maybe there's a little bit more to this story. Some of you might be able to pick up where I'm going with this. The Free Press reported in 2017 that Wilmoth was a one-time officer of Signature Masters, a company hired to collect signatures for the problem-plagued Clean Michigan Petition Drive to create a part-time legislature. He was convicted of election fraud in Virginia in 2011. Okay. Wilmoth pled guilty in September of 2011 to two felony counts of election fraud and was sentenced to two concurrent five-year sentences with four years and eight months of the sentence suspended on the condition of good behavior and repayment of court and extradition costs. Now, this is all according to a report from 2011. So this is a guy who, according to the Democrats, shouldn't exist because there's no such thing as voter fraud unless, of course, a Republican wins. Then there's massive voter fraud run by Vladimir Putin. This is an individual who has been convicted of voter fraud in other states, who's now running a signature collection business in the state of Michigan. How does that happen? I know we're talking about Michigan here and it's rhetorical, but how does it happen that somebody who's been convicted of voter fraud is able to run an election-related company in the state of Michigan? And they just so happen to secure the, the contracts for multiple Republican candidates and only Republican candidates. Wow, that's convenient, don't you think? Hmm. Almost, I know I've said this once or twice before, almost like it was planned this way. Hmm. Interesting stuff. I would never make that accusation, though, because, again, we have the safest and most secure elections in the entire world, and nothing shady or nefarious has ever happened with our elections ever, particularly in Michigan, who has a flawless and spotless record of electioneering. According to Arlington Now, Wilmoth admitted to hiring two people with criminal records who were ineligible to collect petition signatures anyway under Virginia law and asking them to both collect signatures and sign as witnesses on dozens of petition sheets filled with signatures they did not collect. Hmm. At least they didn't use the starting lineup of the Dallas Cowboys or characters from Disney like Butch Morgan did. Some of you are going, who's Butch Morgan? Welcome to the area. You must be new. Brown admitted that he hired First Choice and had conversations with Wilmoth, but Brown said that he completed his signatures early and believes those he received from circulators associated with First Choice were legitimate. Now, keep in mind, Michigan, state of Michigan says, no, they weren't legitimate. But Brown's like, we had these signatures like super fast and early. Like, come on. There's not that many fraudulent signatures, right? State of Michigan says, yeah. Hmm. A couple of things funny about this story, right? Those circulators and all their signatures were disqualified, every single one, for work that they did later, um, that they later did for candidates scrambling to meet the the filing deadline, according to, to Brown. He says, it appears that after my campaign signatures... Uh, signature gathering was complete. Individuals independently contracted for a portion of our signature gathering and validation jumped onto other campaigns and went on a money grab. So what he's alleging is we collected all of the signatures that we were required to have. We did that early. But campaigns that didn't have enough signatures who were scrambling at the last minute had these individuals who had previously collected signatures for us suddenly falsifying the signatures in order to get them qualified. And as a result of them getting caught doing that, every signature that they have collected throughout this entire primary was disqualified, including ours, which we think are valid. Make sense? 
Hopefully I was able to explain that. So we've got two big questions here. Is it possible? Well, three, three questions. Is it possible that the two front runners, according to polling, the two front runners in Michigan for the gubernatorial nomination for Republicans were just not popular enough to collect those signatures? Is that really possible? Considering some of the other ones did collect the signatures and yet they're not polling as high? Question number two, is it possible that the signatures are actually valid? And it's just the Michigan Bureau of Elections who's saying that they're not because the Michigan Bureau of Elections, under the thumb of Gretchen Whitmer, are messing with Republican candidates who might be a threat to a re-election campaign. Okay, it's question two. Question three, did these campaigns use this company because of a nefarious plot to have this company mess with Republicans and they bought the bait? Is that possible? That's question number three. A lot of weird stuff happening in the state of Michigan. Suddenly, your two top candidates are out. Now, I will say this. Tudor Dixon, I think, is pretty darn good candidate. So maybe this is a positive thing. Maybe this isn't a, a Democrat plot. Maybe this is some sinister pro-Trump conservative plot that Vladimir Putin is hatching inside of the state of Michigan. It's entirely possible. No, it's not. But I just figured I'd throw that out there for the lefties out there who just believe that Putin is running everything. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Coming up at 5 o'clock, I have my friend Kenny. He's going to come in. He's he's actually in here harassing me already. But he's going to be on at 5 o'clock. And we're going to talk about how we can raise some money for some veterans and how you can take part in that and join me at an event uh, that will raise awareness to local veterans' issues and how we can raise some money for those issues. And that's coming up at 5 o'clock. And we're, again, live streaming. Rumble.com slash Casey the Host. Rumble.com slash Casey the Host. Also now on Truth Social since they opened Truth Social up for everybody. I still get people popping onto Truth every single day saying, wow, I didn't know it was available for everybody. So it is. They opened it up for everybody. You go to truesocial.com. You can sign up there. Follow me, at Casey the Host. All right, uh, I got to talk about LeBron James's son. Now, I know some of you are going to be like, who cares about LeBron James's son? I want to show you what real racism looks like. Because I realize that there is a lot of hyper-reactionary partisan accusations of racism that don't actually have anything to do with racism. It's just something that we do. That's what the system wants us to do. That's what we're doing. We're obliging the system because the system wants everybody divided. As I've told you before, um, vast majority of racism accusations have no merit and no validity. But if somebody you don't like makes an accusation, boom, it's racist. It's an easy fallback argument that you can use, even though there's no actual evidence of it. So we need to talk about LeBron James's son. Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, LeBron James is a bit of a bigot. Is his son? The answer to that is no. He's the victim. But I want to show you what real racism looks like. So LeBron James's son posted a photo of him going to prom. Now, you do this, this thing at prom where you take a picture with the person that you're with. I think it's all silly and stupid. 
but it's a whole thing that moms like having happen, okay? Prom, kids, prom's a giant waste of time. Don't waste your money. You got better things to do, like play video games or go to the bathroom. Prom's stupid. But he wanted to go to prom. Super famous kid, son of a famous uh, star, got, you know, pretty attractive young lady on his arm. He's going to go to prom. Here's the problem. Uh, LeBron James, for those of you who don't know, LeBron James is a black man. Uh, his kid also happens to be a young black man. Prom day, not so much. Blonde hair, blue eye, porcelain skin, attractive young lady. He's a good-looking young man. Yeah, that's a problem. LeBron James's kid is not allowed to take a white girl to prom, ladies and gentlemen. That is the problem. So what ended up happening is a bunch of people. I'm just going to read you some of the tweets, okay? Bronny James posing with a white girl for prom. Just disgusted. Hmm. The snow bunny. Crisis is real when it comes to black athletes. Oh. Here's another one. I hope Bronny ends up with a black queen like his mom. Somebody else should have got a black queen like his dad. Angry face. Bronny got a black queen of a mother at home and still decided to board the YT train. Oh. You know what none of them actually mentioned? First of all, you know, for all I know, they're a really happy couple that's been dating for a long time. I don't know anything about them. Don't care to know anything about them. Um, but what I find interesting about this is that uh, he is posing with two other couples. One of them happens to be a white guy with a black girl. They didn't say anything about that. The other one looks like he's mixed race and he appears to be posing with uh, with a black lady. Hmm. They don't really care about that. See, this is what real racism looks like. This is what real racism looks like. Now, I've already told you. Here's what the data shows. Young black men want marriage. They want family now. I realize in the past they didn't, but they do now. Young black women, uh-uh. Young black men are finding it very difficult. They are finding it very difficult to line up in a long-term relationship with young black women. You know who is available for that? Young white women. Young white women seem to be more receptive to the traditional lifestyle that young black men are looking for. So they tend to line up where they are in their life at a young age. This is something that we are seeing studied. This is not my opinion. This has been studied, and they are seeing this trend. There is a real, there's an income issue that is happening with young black men and young black women. Young black women are making more money than young black men, but young black women will not enter into a long-term relationship with a young black man who makes less money. So they're, they're seen as incompatible to young black women now, according to the research. Not my opinion. So young black men who are looking for family are looking in other directions for that. And it's interesting to me that he's a young athlete, probably going to go on to bigger and better things. And all of these black women are really jealous that he seems to have found somebody, and they're accusing her of basically just digging into his wallet. I wonder how many of those ladies who are criticizing this young lady here, I wonder how many of them are just wishing that they were in her place and digging in his wallet too. Young men, be very careful about who you date at a young age. Doesn't matter what race she is, no matter where she comes from, especially if you're an athlete. Very, very careful about what you do in that in that whole dating sphere. Because there are some, 
They're going to come for your wallet. They think you're going to be successful and wealthy one day. Oh, they're going to come for you. You watch how quick they get impregnated. Be careful. But this is what real racism looks like. For all I know, this is a happy young couple. You should leave them alone. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. WTRC FM and HD1. Niles, South Band. To the final phase. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Some of you have heard over the past couple of days, I have been telling you, I've been telling you about a, a veteran's benefit uh, that I'm doing here on June 4th. And this is with a uh, local organization, freedomsystem.org, and they help veterans here locally here in Michiana. Uh, joining us right now is Kenny Holmes from freedomsystem.org. Hey, by the way, man, you're a previous Hometown Heroes winner, too. Yeah, I am. Thanks, Casey, for bringing that up. So uh, we're, we're both veterans. Kenny did a bit more than I did. But, you know, we, we linked up. Gosh, we linked up pretty close after I got here. Yeah, we had the same realtor. And then, oh, that, is that how that happened? Yeah, Lisa. Same, okay. So Lisa, Lisa's the one who did it. All right, that makes sense. So then we, we link up. We ended up becoming friends. Freedom System gets launched. Freedom System is, again, it's a local organization. I get this question a lot. How can I help veterans? But, you know, okay, I get it. Some of these national groups are great, but I want to help veterans locally. I want to make sure it stays local, and Freedom System is is all about that. So tell us about Freedom System, and then we'll talk about the event that's coming up on the 4th. Excellent. Yeah, so so here at Freedom System, what things that we do, you know, we, we, we try to keep everything here, and we want to make sure that people are – are able to connect with one another that have like ideas. So when you have a veteran that just gets out of the service and the veteran does a really good job of, of getting out of the service, the military does a really good job of training them. But then when it comes right down to it, they don't, they don't give us the top, the way to be a civilian again. They don't teach us, Hey, you can't say that, or you shouldn't say that, or that joke's inappropriate. So what we do is we have an outlet for that, and we, we teach veterans kind of how to cope and, and reintegrate. You know, this has been one of the focal points that a lot, of, um, a lot of advocates have been pointing out to. One of the reasons that maybe we have such an issue with veteran suicides is that there just isn't this decompression period where they're properly reintegrated. Because it is a different world, and civilians will never understand this, but veterans do. And you cannot comprehend how different of a world it is. So much so, let me give you an example. I was split up, which means I went to basic training the summer of my junior year and came back for high school. Not a good option. Don't do this. If you're watching this right now, I don't even know if they still have split up. Never do this. You are a different animal when you get out of basic. You have no business being in high school after that. And it's a tough adjustment, even just for somebody who goes through basic. Now you throw in there multiple deployments, combat, potentially. Um, just the the day-to-day military life, which is so different than any civilian is ever going to experience. And you got to go to job now? Right, right. You know, and, and that's one of the things that we, we fight about a lot with, with the civilian world is, hey, we do things in a way that's structured. We do things that is discipline-oriented. So when we're looking at the way that things are, are being done in these other world, and I mean, and it is, and it's a, it's another world. Yep. It's, it's a way that says, Hey, 
what are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? How are we going to fix each other? How do we please each other? And they, there, there is no real good answer. And so when you get done with the military and you're done, and you're, you're home and you're just kind of like, what am I doing? This, and this is why we don't transition well. You know, we don't know. We don't know what we're doing. If you're in the combat arms, there's no job for you to go and kill somebody. And that, you know, that's what combat arms are. Well, and then, you know, the way that we communicate in the military, a lot of yelling. A lot of yelling. A lot of expletives. <laughs> a lot of cussing. A lot of salty language. Yeah. Doesn't work with the no. HR department right up the road. So this is, this leads to being fired, being isolated, substance abuse. Starts yes. coming into this real quick. It happened with me. Happens with a lot of other people. Um, I was relatively lucky compared to a lot of folks. But this is something that creeps in real easily just because of that transition. So Freedom System is there to provide that support network as you're transitioning in. So what are some of the programs that freedomsystem.org offers? So we have a few programs. So the, the first and foremost program that we've been pushing for the last couple of years is, is our martial arts program. We're not really dedicated to any one specific martial art, but more the fact that, that martial arts teaches you something that helps you relate in the world that you don't really know. Yeah, we got martial arts training in the military, but it's, it's not the same. <clears throat> they didn't teach you to breathe. In the military, they taught you to rush through things and get things done and get the kill for martial arts. What we focus on is that breathing aspect of it. You know, hey, stop, think about what you're going to say before you say it, and just move on and do it the right way. That way you don't have to come back and do it again, first off. Secondly, you're not going to make anybody mad by what you say and how you say it. You could be joking, and the, and the way that you people take it in the civilian world is, is not in a joking manner. They're like, oh, and... They don't have a stick of skin as we get because, yeah. come on, we get yelled at yeah. all the time. I'm not really going to kill you, Lucy. I'm, I was messing around. Right. But, again, to Lucy, it's like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Whereas to us, it's like, no, nah, it's clearly a joke. Like, this, right. is, this is not, you know, and I'm using this as an exaggerated example because, again, combat arms, very dark sense of humor. Uh, anybody spends any time around them will realize this pretty quickly. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's, <laughs> I, okay, I laugh hysterically at veterans having their limbs stolen by their brothers. <laughs> I do too. I laugh hysterically I about this. This is one of the funniest things in the world. You show those videos to civilians. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what the crap just they happened? They think hate crimes are happening, <laughs> and it's a whole thing. You know, it, it's again, it's just a different culture. And when you get back into the world, not only are you dealing with this from a professional aspect, trying to find a new career, where are you going to go in life, that sort of stuff, the way you speak to your wife, the way that you speak to your kids, you these are all issues family. too. Like a lot of times, and it's hard for parents too because if parents haven't served, they don't know. Yeah, I, you know, for me, I came home, and my dad just thought, oh, he's just got to get out of his mind. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's it's a mindset. You're, you, I don't want to say the word brainwashed, but at the same time, I want to say. You're programmed. Manipulated. Yeah, you're programmed. Yeah. You know, you're programmed right. to do a task. Yep. And now that that task isn't in front of you, what do you do now? And how do you how do you transition into a peaceful environment and that sort of thing? Um, we see it all the time. Veterans are really good when a crisis happens. Obviously, what happened in Texas, right. you know, that sort of thing. But veterans are really good when that stuff pops up. It's just muscle memory. But oftentimes, it's a little thing. You know, like hey, um, somebody said a bad thing to me at school. You know, it's a 
it's a different right. switch that veterans have to be able to turn They're trash on. in the street man like i still to this day i get i see trash on the street and i'm like oh hey i need a veer way right or way yeah. left of that yeah. so i'm not i don't want to get hit by an ied or a toe popper or whatever you know i just keep going yeah it, and that's where that breathing comes in breathe in through your nose breathe out through your mouth and and just go move on i can't say the rest of that sentence. sure sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know what you mean um all right so you've you've done the martial arts program for a long time you've showed showed it to me before many times before you got other programs too. talk about some of those yeah so we've got we also we're starting a mountain bike association as well uh we're trying to partner with some local bike shops and whatnot and and uh what we're doing is we're getting together and we're riding uh we're we're hoping to supply a a bike to some much needed veterans that could use it um we and we're we're doing that you know and and then after and that's what this year's focus is on is the mountain bike association. So we're trying to get we're launching that this year with this benefit. And then you know on top of all that we do career tr- career training. So we do resume writing. How, how do you transition your your resume into uh, into a civilian resume? So you got a you're a eleven hotel, which is what I was in the army, uh, which is a tow missile operator. Which where in the world am I going to go and be a tow missile operator? Well, I guess I can go to you know, Allied Signal or Honeywell around here, but <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, there's. So we talk about how we transition. Well, what do you? What did you do with that? Well, you know, I pushed a lot of brooms. Okay, that's not really a good answer. So what else did you do? Well, well, how about you? You did this. You led people, right? So you have managerial skills. You're able to take what you learned and. Take your guys and teach them. Now you're able to actually translate that into the civilian world. Hey, I can I can probably teach these guys how to do what they're doing better than what they were doing because I had, I am disciplined and I have that respect that comes with that. So we we help with that with the resume writings and then we also do interview uh, prep. So you come in and you're about to have a, a meeting with your your uh, potential employer. You come in you, a lot of times. It's a really great, one of the greatest things about the military is when you do an interview, like for the board or whatever, so promotion boards and whatnot, you come in, you're dapper, you put your hands down at your sides, you're standing tall, feet, knees are together, you sit down, very prim, very proper, you you look awesome because you're in your, your dress uniform, whatever they are now these days, it was mm-hmm. greens for me. Right. Um, and then you're, so you have this, but one of the things that we they didn't teach you is how do you carry on a casual conversation because you don't want to be a robot. And so we'll teach that as well. How how do you become somebody that's not a robot? Yeah, not the very pointed. I, I still get criticized for this from my family. You know, I'll walk into a store, somebody like, hey, what do you need? I'll be like, blenders. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, why are you so rude? I'm like, what? They asked what I needed. I need blenders. That's where I need to go. Blenders, go. Right. And she's like, well, you just said it rude. Like, little things like that. You know, you're sitting down in an interview, and it's like, uh, what did you do? I I popped the turrets off of T-80s. That's what I did. Right. Okay. How how does that transition to this particular work environment? Right. I don't know yet. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> you've got you've got to get that that wording down, the phrasing down, because again, it's you know, it's just a different language that we speak. It's a different it's a different environment. Now, this is not cheap. This is all stuff that has to be funded. So we're going to talk about how Freedom System would like you to help them fund some of these programs with the uh, the event that's coming up, which I will be a part of. 
on June 4th. We're going to tell you how you can get tickets, how you can help local veterans at this event, where you can get those tickets, and all of that information coming up right here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson, 95.3 MNC. This hour's business spotlight is on Prime Table Restaurant in... Weather and traffic during Michiana's morning news on 95.3 MNC, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Kenny Holmes from freedomsystem.org is joining us. What's up, man? Hey. Good to see him. He walks in here. Of course, um, we're making my my new producer a little nervous just because we are who we are. But here's here's the thing. Freedomsystem.org is a local organization that helps veterans, and it helps them with that transition from military life to civilian life and some of those those growing pains that come with that, making sure that they don't walk into a workplace being the monsters that they've been trained to be, making sure that they are able to provide for their families, take care of their families, not alienate their families. Um, and this is something that civilians just, you know, they can't really do. But veterans are able to help each other do that. And so when you have veterans who have already transitioned back into the world, they've already had those missteps because these programs don't typically exist, they can help other veterans make that transition. So here's what we got. We got an event coming up. So this is Remember, which is going to be on June 4th, okay? I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. A lot Absolutely. of veterans are going to be there. We need people to buy tickets so we can help raise money which will help local veterans here in Michiana. So tell us about the event. So, you know, we're going to have a lot of cool things going on. I, I, I Absolutely. The coolest thing, obviously, obviously is having you there. Um, you haven't heard my speech yet. I'm sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so there's that, you know. Um, but we also, we're, we also are having some raffles and some uh, good food and auction, little silent auction. We're going to have, you know, we're going to have a, a mountain bike there, a couple of handguns for auction off um you know and then we're gonna have uh a quilt you know last year our quilt went for almost three thousand dollars so that that's what really kind of funds us throughout the whole year we only do one benefit a year and that's it and then we the rest of the time we don't worry about fundraising because we want to concentrate on the on the veterans um and we really really want to be able to help and really want to be able to get these these uh programs off the ground and keep them keep them stabilized and um, unfortunately, you know, it costs money to, to do these things. Yeah. Well, and you guys, you know, unlike some of the bigger organizations, like you don't have like a marketing department and a fundraising department. I mean, it's, it's right. Small organization. You it's know? us. It's the, it's the board members. It's the, you know, the six of us. And that, so this is, this is your one and only event. So, I mean, this is, this is your big one every year. Uh, so we have, you know, an opportunity for you to go to freedomsystem.org. You can buy tickets. You don't have to be a veteran to, to, to attend this thing. We're just trying to raise money for veterans, and right. you know and this is going to be a fun anybody, event. Yeah, we encourage everybody and anybody that can, to, that can and will participate. It's a lot of fun. It's it's oh my gosh, it's so much fun. Now, if somebody wants to participate in the silent auction, do they have to have tickets to the event, or can they go to freedomsystem.org and still participate? How does that work? So, unfortunately, you have to have to attend to be able to. We don't have the software to be able to run the si- okay. silent auction. So you got to be in person. You got to be in person, but that doesn't mean you have to buy the tickets at the door, I mean, buy the tickets to go. The tickets are specifically for the supper. So the general admission is like 8 o'clock. My wife's probably going to kill me for saying that because I don't remember the the actual (laughs) itinerary. I should have brought the itinerary. but uh, So the event is going to be on June 4th, 5 p.m. 
Yeah, and we minutes, have a cocktail stations. hour. Three right, minutes to we'll, your we'll next. We'll get a, a drink for uh, for us for free. Like it's a it's a free hour of uh, the for the ticketed hold ticketed holders mm-hmm. that are going to be there to uh, have have that cocktail. Okay. And it's, this year is the uh, uh, Blue Caraco Margarita. Oh, one of my favorites, by the way. Fantastic. So you get to come, get to hang out, chill out. But if you want to participate in the auction, it's something that has to be attended in person. Right. So you'll pay general admission to get in. That's the meal. You get your cocktail hour. And then if you want to purchase additional tickets to participate in the auction, that's how that works. Yes. Okay. Um, what are the ticket costs to to get in? So, uh, you know, I'm not exactly certain. We have to look. I... So if you go with a, a person. Oh, you got a carnivore and vegetarian choice, too. Let's just go with the carnivore thing. 30 bucks for a person to get in. And then... Fifty for the uh, couple, and then and then you got a table if you want to reserve a table, which is eight people. It's two hundred bucks. Yep. So again, freedomsystem.org. Now that's singular. That's not plural. Right. Freedomsystem.org, and then you can buy the tickets right there. You'll see the graphic and everything to buy it. But um, you know what else do we do we have going on? So we got me speaking. So I'll probably ruin the entire night by doing that. You got the silent auction going on. You got the dinner. You got the cocktail. And we got we got Sam Brown dur- doing dinner music for us. Oh, cool! Um, y- you might know him. Well, you know him through yeah, uh, Julia yeah. James, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So, and then uh, we have Just Cause. They're they're another local band around here, and they're they're really good. They do little little bit of everything. So, essentially, what Freedom System is doing this is their big annual fundraiser. They've got a dinner, cocktails, some speakers, some live entertainment, place for for you to hang out, have a good time. Silent auction if you want to buy some cool stuff at a great value help support a veteran organization. And then of course we are, the big thing is we're helping local veterans. That's the thing. And I know a lot of you are, you know, that you give to other organizations that are national, but I always get this question. So I mentioned it in the last segment, we want to donate to an organization that we know it's going to stay here. It's going to help local veterans. We don't want our money going, you know, somewhere else. And not that we're not opposed to that, but we also want to help veterans here locally. And this is, this is a great opportunity to do that. I've known Kenny a long time. I know this organization. I've done things with this organization before. You fed the homeless vets. Mm-hmm. You you do this on an annual basis, too. Um, you've done a lot of great things for veterans in our community that have gone, we'll just say, unnoticed by the news media. So you've been low on people's radar. Yeah. But I think Freedom System, it's time for Freedom System to take that next step and not be so silent anymore. And, you know, we're looking at expanding it as well. So we're looking for our own building, brick-and-mortar front. That way we can have all these events that – at a local environment without having to rely on everybody else to, yeah. to do this. Unfortunately, that costs money. Unfortunately, we can't just do things we want to do right away. Well, and look, I mean, I've watched you guys, you know, build this organization from the ground up. I remember when you told me that, you know, hey, I, I've got this organization. We're trying to do something. Yeah. And I remember, you know, watching this thing kind of grow. Well, you're, you're at a point now where, hey, you're doing an annual fundraiser now. It's doing well. You want to continue to grow that. You want to continue to increase the veterans that are being served. We got more veterans coming back now. Uh, everything that's been happening, you know, overseas. So we we need to increase those resources. So do me a favor, ladies and gentlemen. If, if nothing else, if you just want to hang out with some really cool people, some salty language probably, Absolutely. and have a cocktail and some great food, go to freedomsystem.org. Freedomsystem.org. Buy those tickets. And again, the uh, the remember is going to happen on June fourth. It will start at five p.m. And you can get single tickets, tickets for a couple, or you can even reserve an entire table. Companies, I'm expecting companies to step up and reserve a table for your employees. Bring the veterans who work for you to Freedom System on June 4th. Just reserve a table, which is eight people. 
and we'd love to have you out there and give you a shout out as well. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Kenny, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Casey. I appreciate it. Once again, freedomsystem.org. Uh, MNC News Time, 531. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. This. Oh, the live stream's going to make a big deal out of me giving Kenny a hug. Everybody knows I don't hug. <laughs> there are a few people who are reserved for that, okay? Just a few people. Kenny's one of them. Good dude. Uh, freedomsystem.org. Get your tickets. This is going to be at the VFW in Goshen on Pike. So if you're... Sorry, I was just checking on a car alarm. <laughs> just making sure it wasn't my car. Somebody's car alarm is going off in the parking lot, and I had to run and check and make sure it wasn't mine. And now I'm out of breath because uh, I'm old and fat. So anyway... I have got to tell you about balance of nature. Speaking of being old and fat, balance of nature is going to help with all of that, okay? Go to balanceofnature.com, balanceofnature.com, okay? Get the fruits and veggies. This is 32, it's a proprietary blend, 32 fruits and vegetables. Go check it out. It's an amazing product. We keep it in the studio. Everybody's coming in here and taking it. It'll give you your full daily allowance of fruits and vegetables that are recommended for a proper diet. And you don't have to worry about meal prep. You don't have to worry about eating something you don't like. You just take three pills of each one. And just like that, you've got your fruits and veggies for the day, including all the vitamins and the minerals and everything that you need. It's an amazing product. Highly recommend it. And you can save 35% by going to balanceofnature.com and using promo code Laura, L-A-U-R-A. Promo code Laura, L-A-U-R-A. All right. So a couple of the things that, I wanted to mention, um, it is interesting watching the news media run around after the election yesterday and being like, oh, see, Trump's Trump's election integrity candidates are losing. They all got walloped. You know, it's funny. This is like the first time that Trump has not had massive success with his candidates in, in, uh, in Georgia. So as we have once again told you, when Trump candidates win, the news media doesn't make a big deal out of it. When they lose, it becomes, see, Trump has no influence. His crazy conspiracy theorists are, are not, uh, you know, not popular and that sort of stuff, which is really interesting. But I also wanted to give a big shout out because something really, really cool happened. Sarah Sanders crushed her opponents. Sarah Huckabee Sanders crushed her opponents in Arkansas's GOP primary. Uh, and again, she's, she's running there for governor in Arkansas. And a big fan of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you know, obviously a former White House press secretary. She was great at her job, really, really solid. Herschel Walker also clinched the Georgia U.S. Senate Republican primary. So a lot of good candidates won yesterday as well. A lot of pro-Trump candidates won. Um, he's, he's not undefeated in his endorsements anymore. But, you know, here's the thing with, with Kemp. Um, Kemp is going to be facing off with uh, Gaptooth. What's her name again? I don't know. She's she's president of the world, according to Star Trek. But Sarah Abrams, Sarah, Stacey Abrams, not Sarah Abrams, Stacey Abrams. So Kemp and Abrams are going to have a rematch in Georgia. And Abrams is out there saying that Georgia is a terrible state to live in. But she's also continuing to spread these mythical notions that somehow, some way, the election was stolen from her. And it wasn't. Uh, voter turnout has been higher in Georgia than before her candidacy. And all of those measures that they say were disenfranchising minority voters, not true, not disenfranchising anybody. It's all a lie. So she's going to have to run on that. But here's the thing. 
Kemp is not exactly a popular guy with a lot of conservatives in that state. So will they show up for Kemp in a general election or will they allow Stacey Abrams to take it? That becomes the real question. Georgia is going to be a very interesting race. Uh, Kemp, easy win in the primary. But is he that popular in the state of Georgia considering everything that happened? I don't know. It would be very interesting to see what what goes on in Georgia during the general election. But I wanted to congratulate Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Herschel Walker. Uh, Herschel Walker's a good dude. Uh, We've interviewed Herschel Walker a couple of times on the show and uh, wish him the best of luck. So, again, a lot of of great candidates won yesterday. Uh, Some not-so-great candidates won as well, which is politics, guys. I don't know know what else to really say. I do have some data here that I wanted to go over. It's data that I've given you before, but in the the interest of dealing with a, a horrible shooting and how these things inevitably come out as, you know, being some kind of political fiasco. And right now, because the shooter doesn't fit the demographic that they desperately want to go after, and I guess in a veiled sort of a way, Um, I will point out that the shooter is not a white guy. And because he's not a white guy, they're not going to make a big deal about a white guy going out there and shooting a bunch of children. Is that important? Is it relevant? No. But the media and the activists will immediately look for something like this. So because he's not, they're focused on the guns. He took one gun into the school, by the way. But they're focused on the guns. Because they can't make the other argument. So now it's about the guns. It's not about the school's lack of security. It's not about his clear history of violence towards his mother. The police responding to his his home. It's not about any of that. But what I wanted to point out is, uh, Larry Elder wrote an article. Inconvenient fact about mass killings. White males are underrepresented while blacks and Asians are overrepresented. Now, this is data that I have given you many times before. I'm not going to bore you with all of the the actual statistics here. This all comes out of a massive, massive study done by UCLA. They looked at shootings from 1982 to 2021. And, you know, look, blacks and Asians committed 17.4% of the shootings and 12.3%, they represent 12.3% of the population. So if you want to really take a look at this data, if it's at all interesting to you, you can. You can also find that since the Clinton era, only 9% of mass shootings have actually come from what you could call any extreme right position. Most of them who declare a position are left-wingers. Most of them don't actually declare political affiliation at all. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. Also, a uh, shout out to Greta Van Susteren, who's joined Newsmax. So uh, I think she'll shore up that lineup pretty good on Newsmax. Greta Van Susteren's uh, obviously great at what she does. Fantastic. So it's it's good to have somebody like that back on television on a network that is much better than where she went after she left Fox. I ran into an article here a couple of days ago. Electric vehicle registrations have surged across the U.S. I think I mentioned it on the show earlier in the week. According to Automotive News, Experian 
is reporting that nearly 158,689 electric vehicles were registered for the first quarter quarter of 2022. Tesla, with 113,882 of them, accounted for nearly 72% and stood alone in first place by a wide margin. Kia came in second with 8,450 registrations with its EV6 and Nero leading the way. So they got they got two offerings. Ford secured a place within the list uh, with seven thousand four hundred and seven, which is a ninety one percent increase uh, over the first quarter of twenty twenty one for them. So the reason I'm bringing this, excuse me, the reason I'm bringing this up now I get the hiccups because I'm running around with coffee in my gut. Um, the reason I'm bringing this up is there's another article here. Report. Deadly summer blackouts are inevitable as renewables struggle to replace reliable energy. So you've got, again, additional reports about the power grid with additional weight on the power grid and draw from the power grid coming from electric vehicles in the summertime. And now, once again, we are starting to get Serious warnings about brownouts and blackouts and everything else. The North American Electric Reliability Corporation released an annual summer assessment covering June through September. They had grim predictions of repeated blackouts throughout the country. The entire western United States, along with the majority of the Midwest, Texas, and western South, face high or elevated risk of energy emergencies brought on by severe drought, unreliable solar, and supply chain issues hampering conventional sources of energy. That's not me. That is the North American Electric Reliability Corporation. So they say they've been doing this for close to 30 years, and this is one of the grimmest pictures they've ever painted. That's what they told CBS News. So do yourself a favor. Make precautions. If you have a generator, get it serviced and maintained. I know that I have to do that as well. So it'll be ready to go throughout the uh, the summer months. And if you don't have a generator, may I suggest that you get one? Because we now have at least five entities predicting power outages and brownouts and things like that throughout the Midwest for this summer season. So do what you can. Get everything that you need to get prepared for a blackout just in case it happens. Because right now, all of these so-called experts are telling you that it is high likely. Highly likely, I should say. Here's Bill O'Reilly. See you tomorrow. Bill O'Reilly here. The O'Reilly 